Hey everyone, it's Michael Antonovich. Uh, it's time for the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast presented by 60. This week, it's just me and Chase Curtis. What's uh, up, guys? Don is busy filming the in studio episodes of the Swap Moto Live show down at Callaway. So, this week, me and Chase are just going to go through what happened at Unadilla this weekend. I made the trip out to the race. Chase got to watch yeah. from home. He didn't have to endure the cross country flights and no. all the uh, travel hassle, but that's <laughs> the fun part about the job. Uh, so yeah, we'll just go through Unadilla and then take a quick break and talk about donations because that's the big topic with the team being announced this week. Uh, Chase, you got yeah. to see on TV, and I haven't got to rewatch the race yet. Yep. What what did they talk about a ton, and what do I need to elaborate on a little bit? They uh, really the talk was Kenny all day, for the most part. Like everyone was pretty shocked, especially with qualifying. How many seconds? It was like faster? almost three seconds. That and is insane. When I went back into the media tent. Uh, Casey Huntley was sitting there, and he's like, yeah, that, that couldn't be right. And I'm like, right? uh, yeah. I don't know either, because three seconds is huge, and that's yeah. not a track that you can find. It's easy to f- pick up, like, you know, 10th here, 10th yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but it was huge. And I asked him, how was your week? And I'm like, yo, uh, how'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. And he really didn't even have an answer. He knew that it was a fast lap, uh-huh. but he just hit his marks. And um, at Washougal, when you and I were there, I brought it up in the press conference. I'm like, hey, you've chased setup so many times, and it's cost you yeah, potentially a lot of motos. Are mm-hmm. you done chasing setup? And I think that he's got it locked in now. They're just going to run whatever they're, they're, yeah. they have for now through the end of the year and okay. keep it off. But, like, even in qualifying when they were showing him doing whips and stuff like that yeah. on the sky shot. Like, yeah, the press day he videos was feeling I saw, it. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Even Grant mentioned during the broadcast, he was saying how uh, – a lot of people were like, "Ah, oh, he cut the track," and as oh, soon really? as yeah, and then as soon as like that pass through the mechanics area around Tomac, that first moto, mm-hmm. everyone was just kind of like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." He was definitely feeling it, and it's funny because he kept saying over and over in other post race interviews, he's like, "Yeah, I just really wanted to have a perfect weekend," and that's mm-hmm. the first time he's had that in a in a while. Yeah, you know, Kenny's shown flashes of speed with you know single lap qualifying times mm-hmm. that were great this year, and. Samoto wins here and there, but we haven't seen him be this dominant in since years. like his championship. Yeah, Suzuki, since sixteen. Right? Yeah, you know, and that that's huge. I think uh, as we go into this off season, that's going to be important for Ken. Mm-hmm. Gives him some something to know, like, hey, I can still do this on yeah. any given weekend. Um, he knows what that health issue is now. He's not saying. I'm hoping to try to get it out of him in the next okay. two weeks, maybe yeah. after Ironman, okay. just so I so we all know. I mean, we're not doctors. We know they have a handle on it. He just has to rest. He's not going to do donations for Team Germany. Mm-hmm. I think the only two races, the only race he's definitely going to do is straight rhythm on a two-stroke that he's building okay. right now. If they do Monster Cup, I might be surprised because Honda typically doesn't, doesn't do that race. Yeah. But if they need to, because the new bike, the 2020 Honda, which yep. we just posted a video about today, is yep. so different, I could see them maybe doing that race just to get a test out of the way. Yeah. But he's never on tap to do any off-season supercrosses in Europe or Australia or anything. Yeah. So the full off-season this year is going to be just get healthy. I think he's probably going to take like three, four weeks off and not do anything. Man, so during the broadcast, they mentioned that uh, someone said that he just hasn't been riding. Yeah, he said he's ridden two days since Washougal. Wow. And maybe not even like, not even full days where it's like, all right, a warm-up, two 30-minute motos, whatever. Mm-hmm. He might just ride for like 20 minutes. And honestly, I've kind of always been of the belief that maybe these guys don't have to ride three days a week, yeah. full sprints and, and uh-huh. doing this whole program because in no other form of racing do they do that. Like yeah. MotoGP, they don't go out and just keep logging just Monday keep through logging. Friday laps. Yeah. And Formula <laughs> One's the same thing, and so uh-huh. is NASCAR. So 
we could benefit if we didn't have our guys just riding all, all the, the time. time yeah I think that's a big thing with, like, all of Alden's guys, they ride a lot, right? They ride a lot. I think everybody's kind of started to taper it back down. Okay. Especially as we hit this point of the year, you're just mm-hmm. trying to stay maintained. But, yeah, at certain points of the year, it's riding, like, a full schedule. Yeah. Ferrandis does that, you know, through DV, I'm sure. That's true. Muscan yeah. does the same thing because of Villeman being involved. Yep. But, yeah, that was that was really, really dominant. I don't think that anybody expected that no. in any way. But weather was perfect. I think that that helped out a ton, okay. too. I That's never got over, ask. like, 75 degrees. Oh, wow. Nice. Felt like an autumn day. So that yeah. was nice. Yeah, um, it was good to see him not uh, fade back in the second mode, too. I was kind of... It seemed like he was even still it. pushing there at the end, too. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, hang-up. Like, okay, I need to go into maintenance mode and, mm-hmm. like, back it down a little bit. He was really laying it on. Yeah, that track looked gnarly, and it looked like old Kenny just technique like standing up through the ruts like just so good he stood up through the ruts everywhere like it seemed like him and Marvin had that down pretty Mm -hmm. well and not a lot of other guys did yeah some of those ruts too they looked like waves because the peak of the rut in a turn would like hang over the top of it (laughs) so it was like past vertical so I was walking the track after the race I was like whoa like the the fact that those guys do that stuff is amazing in itself Uh the fact that they do that for 30 minutes with almost no mistake at that race speed and hit the same line over and yeah. over again because there were certain sections that they'd land and you just saw like you have to go down this slot car like rut that's going to uh-huh. drag foot pegs all the way up this hill and if you don't you're screwed yeah a couple guys got a little squirrely and went off track but i mean even then you you have to because if you get one wheel out of line you're done yeah i don't know what it is about the the broadcast i wonder if it's just how high some of the cameras are angled down but the tracks, they just never do justice. But even I saw a couple iPhone clips from the race, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that even, that looks gnarlier than it looked on the broadcast. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, did you have a chance to walk over to, like, that gravity cab where they would drop in, do that left, and go back up? Oh, that's screw you. Okay, how steep is that? It's really steep. It's like, <laughs> when you um when you look at the drop down, uh-huh. it looks like you're dropping down a vertical wall, and they they jump like halfway down uh-huh. so that's pretty gnarly and then it's breaking bumps halfway down to set up to make that turn and then it's acceleration chop like right out of that turn up and then you have that jump out but that one's steep um the interesting one about that is just how guys send it down that thing and then yeah. lock it up and make that hairpin turn there i think ac i don't know if it was the first or second moto but he barely made that turn one yeah of the laps. it's a tight turn <laughs> it's a tight turn uh, but it that's like one of the most iconic things about that whole track. Uh, uh-huh. They've done it forever, and it's cool to see that they've maintained that one part because there's a couple sections of that track that you know 10, 15 years ago aren't there anymore. Okay. There's a big area. Um, there's a big area in the backside where they used to go up this hill, do another U-turn, and then drop back down. So kind mm-hmm. of similar to that, but just opposite. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know jumping into the turn, you jump out of the turn. Yeah. That's gone now, and that's like a camping area. Okay. If they had that, that would be burly to see 450 yeah. guys just sending it up that hill <laughs> turning and then jumping back down but overall track was great i think that was one of the better tracks i mean riders didn't like it just because it was so yeah, technical so tech, yeah but new york's gotten like quite a bit of rain in the first few in the last few days leading up to that mm-hmm. uh, i want to say it rained thursday night pretty heavy there and maybe even friday mm-hmm. and then friday night and then saturday morning there was like a quick shower but it didn't really do a ton okay it just kept the dust down but they did an excellent job there like 50 years of running good. that track they get they know what they're doing there yeah so another question about the facility i had never known this but that track is for pros only they like reserve it for mm-hmm. the national and they just do a, the 
track looks huge. Track like, how big. big is that facility it's to big. have another track? Uh, there's another track on the back side of it, so uh-huh. on the other side of the trees behind the sky shot. Okay. And that's where they typically do all the, every, all the other amateur stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a really, really big facility. I okay. want to say it's, I mean, lap times are like 215, 220 yeah. in the moto. And, there's and it's a not, fast track, too. Yeah, and there's like. not many tracks that have a lap time that, that is that long consistently. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was great. Um, Muscan did well. Uh, big points day for him. He's just yep. got to chip away at Eli, who had uh, set arm pump issues. That's what he told me after the race and just okay. never got into a rhythm. He thinks that maybe he overworked himself leading up into this one. Okay. Uh, just was kind of smoked to go from Colorado to New York. Two-hour time difference is still pretty extensive. Yeah. But they just want to lock this one down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowie now all of their pressure is getting through these last two get a title if they can for the third straight time yep and then fourth straight time however many it is now and build and then build for next year because their plan is just to do monster cup and after that it's full full pressure into getting eli to win the supercross championship next year and then add them up to speed on on the 450 yeah okay did they mention eli much like did they cut back to him Uh, a lot or not really so the first moto was it was pretty brutal if you were an eli tomac fan because it was just watching him fall back mm-hmm. and it's not like they hit it at all from the cameras like, that's pretty much what it revolved around was kenny walking away and tomac just getting passed and passed and passed when he got passed by joey i was yeah. like oh yeah ooh, okay mm-hmm. and i don't not to discredit joey or eli i just think that that's a pretty big spin because yeah. it's a bad moto for eli's like fourth right so to go back yeah. as far as he did like was, seventh or something yeah uh yeah. he went back to yeah, seventh. Man. I mean, that's a it's a pretty good drop off for a after guy that has two. one after Washugal. Like I think everybody thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's gonna do Washugal again, and he's gonna do it again at Bud's Creek, yeah. and he's gonna wrap this title up early. And that's not the case. No, I yeah. mean, I, there's still a lot of a lot of potential for him to have an off day, and mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. I mean, points lead is still huge. He could coast this thing in next week, but they really want to have this thing locked down at Bud's. Yep. So he doesn't go into Ironman for another year thinking I have to be good today so there is no gigantic disaster and you know maybe a mechanical or anything because yeah it's I was thinking about this on the flight out it's pretty amazing that six title contenders not one mechanical issue so yeah, far this year I was seeing the same thing especially after last year like Tomac had a couple some, yeah <laughs> and even Joey Joey's had a couple this year so yeah hopefully it doesn't happening or it doesn't happen but uh it's it's weird because I I believe that the titles are pretty much done. Like, I think AC's going to get it done, and I think Tomac's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. But I'm still excited to watch every single moto this year. Like, it's just so good. I think the big thing to watch through Eli and Marvin is just two totally different riding styles. And mm-hmm. then the fact that Ken and Osborne can even mix it up a little bit there, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, they can steal away a win or second or third, and then that throws a huge shift in the points. Uh, great day for Zach wanted mm-hmm. to get a podium he wants to complete these last three with podium scores all the way through he has that buds creek is next on the schedule that's a pretty important track for him because that's kind of where his career took a detour in his okay. first year but then that's where everything like rebuilding wise came back um when his first outdoor national there okay. a couple years ago mm-hmm. and then that led to the title the next year and then so on and so forth so he wants yeah. to continue to do that You'd be bitching to see him get an overall win there. Yeah. Just because that's full circle around mm-hmm. around everything. Uh, other big news was Cooper Webb. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they said on TV again. Haven't watched it. They just said he dabbed his foot and hurt his knee, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. so when I talked to the team afterwards, I didn't even realize that he had pulled off in the last like five laps of the moto. Because mm-hmm. I was so focused on what else was going on. Yeah. Uh, I walked through the pit area and saw the bike there clean before everybody went to the line for the first or the second 450 moto. And I'm like, oh, Ooh, okay, yeah. that's not good. Um, so yeah, he was gone before they even lined up for the next race. Did he go to the medical unit or just leave? Uh, went to the medical unit, but the on-site staff couldn't tell him, hey, this is like a definite injury. This is what this is. Okay. Uh, Doc G told me he really couldn't put a ton of weight on it. Okay. So they were on an airplane Saturday night, went and saw a specialist yesterday and got a full MRI. I would think we'll see something in the next few days. Yeah. Um, season's probably over. Yeah. No point in risking it to go these last two, and he has a spot in the top ten championship wise mm-hmm. confirmed. So take some time. But heal it's up. big. If it's a ACL MCL, that's that's cutting it close for A one. Like yeah, I don't know if it's going to be that serious. Okay. It might not be too bad from just little things that I've heard here and there. Uh-huh. But hopefully it's not. He doesn't mm-hmm. have anything lined up other than straight rhythm and Monster Cup. But he could opt out of those, and it's not a big deal yeah. just to focus. Um, but pretty big blow overall for him because confidence wise like he's been he rebuilding and rebuilding yeah. i think he'll be fine though mm-hmm. even if he does have to miss the last two he did as he proved his point in 2019 so something interesting about that though is i've heard he does not wear knee braces no he wears knee cups like okay. for years he's worn even I, they might have new ones now but he uh-huh. wore these like ratted out like old school <laughs> fox knee cups back in the day like <laughs> stuff that you would buy off the shelf for like 20 dollars. 20 bucks yeah yeah so and doc g even pointed that out. he's like yeah he doesn't wear knee braces but there yeah. are a lot of guys that don't it's okay. pretty surprising that personal preference of people that have just never worn them mm-hmm. i mean you and i both do yeah it'd be really weird to not wear them like you didn't wear them at yeah, the fly I thing didn't i you? felt naked yeah, yeah it was bad so and then other guys like i think wyndham never rode in knee braces okay so then they feel too restricted and bound yeah. up like they have no contact point with the bike so that's the thing like if he gets a knee injury does he start wearing knee braces and does it mess with his riding style or does he just mm, we'll find out <laughs> in a couple weeks but for now yeah who knows um what other big stuff was out there that did they show much of this dean barsha battle because that was so a battle for the ages they did but i unfortunately i watched it on youtube and <laughs> the the uh whoever posted it it got taken down right when that started. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so I didn't see much of it. It looked like it was shaping up pretty well, though. It was, uh, that's what I had my eye on. Like, okay. once I saw, like, okay, those spots are taken mm-hmm. uh, for the guys up front, I just kept watching Dean and Barsha because, you know, they were swapping lines and swapping yeah. passes. And then as they got into lap traffic, that's when things got really interesting. Okay. And then last few laps, I think Barsha made the move stick. I don't think it was sketchy or dirty. The move he made stick, I think that them being in lap traffic kind of helped decide that. But then when they came off the track, they had some words together, and me and Nick Way were standing there, and I was just like, oh, shit, (laughs) here we go. Because as soon as they hit that finish line, you know, it's that little floater jump, they just immediately started chirping at each other. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go, here we go. (laughs) And then they stopped and they talked, but then an AMA official was there, so I think that that maybe kept it from being – a little more. too much mm-hmm. because Barsha's not afraid to let guys know how he feels. Yeah. And Dean is really not afraid to uh, tell guys, like, I don't like the way you race me like that. Dean yeah. really wants to protect himself and not get run in. Mm-hmm. 
and those guys kind of have a history against each other. It's weird to see a 51 and a 15 just yeah going for it. But, <laughs> yeah, Varsh came out ahead. That was a great race. I'd like to see more like that from both of those guys, especially mm-hmm. as they rebuild for 2020. Yep. It's a huge year for them. Yeah. Uh, Barsh is in the last year of that Yamaha contract. Dino's mm-hmm. got one year on that Husky contract. They both really need to prove a point if, if they're going to keep racing after this, like Dina's, Barsha, who knows? Barsha, who knows, yeah. You know, they really have to put it in next year, come in healthy at A1, and then run all the way through. Uh, big thing, Yamaha has that 2020 450. Yes. Are they riding that yet? They're not riding they're it not? yet. Okay. They're still doing a lot of testing on the 2019. So okay. they brought in Travis Preston to help kind of guide the guys along because it sounds like Plessinger and Barsha are both having issues as far yeah. as communicating with the team what they want. Uh-huh. There was a really burly steering stabilizer on Barsha's bike. Oh, really? So it's like hidden underneath his uh, crossbar pad. Okay. And so I was like walking behind the starting line before the first 450 moto and you just see this giant rod <laughs> sticking out of the frame and then like into the back of the thing. And I was like, well, that yeah. hasn't been there 11 <laughs> other rounds and the, or 10 or however many races yeah. we're in by now. But sounds like they're making progress further and further. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's an even more stock appearing bike. Yeah. Next year, because there's so much stuff that is stock on that bike already. Uh-huh. Stock triple clamps, brakes, yep. linkage is pretty stock too. So it seems like they prefer to go that way instead of throwing mm-hmm. the whole book at it. Because when Webb was at Yamaha a few years ago and Chad was there, it seems like they kind of got out in left field with aftermarket yeah. stuff or bolt-ons. And yep. then they always transferred back to the stock bike. Yeah, so I wonder if that how frustrating that is when they get it all dialed. In a, another week and then they're gonna have and then to they're just go done. on a new one <laughs> yeah that would be really that would be frustrating on all means because then you finally figure out what the yeah. answer is and then you're just like well well here's a new one sick good luck just throw all the data <laughs> away um have you and don gotten to do that bike yet that i just got an email that will be august 23rd i want to say okay yeah so big changes so on that week, thing though. Yeah, and that's it, what I've been hearing. From what I've talked to with guys that are in house at Yamaha, it's even faster somehow. Dude, that's insane. That bike, I don't think it needs to be any faster. I was telling Don the other day that I think bikes are at their peak, mm-hmm. with performance wise. I don't know what you, they can improve now, but I think motors are fine. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, what other stuff did they mention that maybe needs a little bit of more like context or clarity or whatever? Oh, AP. The first moto. Did he... I just saw the bike. He posted that the bike had a mechanical issue. Okay. To yeah. what extent, I'm not sure. I need to look at the press release and see what they said. But, yeah, he just kind of fell off. It was weird because they – usually when they cut into someone in the pits and people start talking, they'll cut out. Mm-hmm. But they kept it in on him for a while, and you could clearly hear him saying, it's bogging, it's bogging, like he was oh, mad. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then he went back out, I'm pretty sure. I think. Because um, that was, like, early in the moto, I want to say. When he pulled off. Yeah. He hasn't been the factor I think everybody expected. But this heel injury seems like it's really taken a lot out of him. The Mm -hmm. guy, I mean, he's had some crashes that he's been beat up before. But this is the first time that it's been a serious, hey, we're going to have to take some time off. You're going to have to rebuild from this. And I think it's. And in that time, they like Barsha's obviously made so much progress on the bike where Mm -hmm. he's. Not really been able to do what he needs to do. Yeah. Him being down in Florida with Barsha, I think mm-hmm. they have a. It's good that they get to work with each other. He yeah. likes it down there. Uh, he just needs to get healthy through this off season and then come back in. I I don't think that it's like a 
critical issue. I think a lot of people are freaking out like, oh my God, what's the problem? <laughs> Last year's title guy in the 250 class is nowhere to be seen in the 450 class, but... It's not that rare. Like it's not it's, that rare. And then if you're injured, that takes a lot more yeah. steam away from you too. Yep. And I think like on that point, I kind of think Zach has been not talked about enough. Like he's been doing so well. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Sometimes I forget he's even a rookie in the 40 yeah. class. So. And I mean, <laughs> it sucks that how fast he was in those off season supercross races, like Paris and Geneva, he was really going for it. Uh huh. And then to have that injury right before Anaheim one yeah. set him back so much. And then the injury before Redbud set him back again. Yeah. Uh, I think if he can get through all this super healthy, he should be fine. But mm-hmm. Zach, Zach will be a title contender next year. I yeah. think that he just yeah. needed to get through this season, learn the ropes of doing the full class, how different it is when mm-hmm. you can't dominate everybody the same way he did in the yeah. 250 class and then figure it out from there. Um, what other stuff was pretty important? Um, I mean, two fifty class, the rookies. Yeah, I was. It was interesting. I, I don't know if I'm surprised of where they finished, but uh, I think Carson did. I want to say Carson did the best out of the rookies. Uh, him or Jet? Jet did. Jet did. Yeah, Jet had the better overall score. Did he do a top ten? No. Thirteenth, uh, no. uh. he went twenty-one eight. So okay. an eighth place moto in the second, yeah. mo- and you know that's great. Yeah. Especially for your first time out when the track's at its roughest. And he just turned 16, like a week ago, like I think? Like on Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> so big thing for the Amsoil Honda guys because Carson, Joe, Jet, three guys all making the transition. Only Joe had the factory, like the real race bike. Okay. Uh, Carson and Jet were kept on their Amsoil bikes, which are a little different. Yeah. So different suspension, different engine package and all that. Just yeah, because... And- they don't want to build all these race bikes, and then these kids could have to go back to a different yeah. bike at some point soon, too. And from what I've heard, Jet's bike is pretty minimal, like, as far as it looks modifications. That way. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty stock. Um, speaking of Geico Honda, another engine spec change. So they're, another they're still working out some bugs to try to get that stuff going from there, uh, okay. which is good for the team for next year. I mean, they yeah. do have a, a loaded lineup of riders. It just seems like they've missed the mark on setup, and the way that mm-hmm. that Honda engine is designed... There's only so much they can do. You know, yeah. it's got some things that are pretty limited, but making progress, trying different things. I think they'll be better off soon. It uh-huh. just is taking some time, and it's probably a lot of hours in the race shop to figure out, okay, we're going to try this way, build all of these engines, let everybody test them, figure out what they're going to do. Okay, yeah. that doesn't work. Now we're going to try the next thing. Okay, now the next thing, now mm-hmm. the next thing. I mean, that's a lot of time and money spent Yeah. for a hopeful thing that's not even a guarantee that it's going to be the right way mm-hmm. i think joe he i want to say he hit mcadoo yeah there was a and big there was a lot of carnage for those yeah. rookie kids i talked to mcadoo yesterday he's good he's his head yeah but that was a big get off what he i had saw it looks pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah um speaking of mcadoo so i was you and i went to adidas a couple weeks ago yes I filmed all this stuff for troy lee Mm-hmm. That being Adidas being their their home office up in Portland, then being a sponsor of the team, and everybody's yep. like, hey, you know, film a lot of McAdoo. He's going to be yeah, the guy yeah. next year. Uh, that's not the case now. So what? he's Yeah, he's going pro circuit. Uh, deal is done. Wow. Hartraft was expected to go to pro circuit, so they've just switched now. So Hartraft confirmed a TLD. McAdoo confirmed McAdoo. a pro circuit for 2020. Wow. So that was a big change. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. Uh, Don found out. Thursday, and then I found out Friday. What? Yeah. How so that, did that even happen? 
Uh, wow. Yeah, so that that's a big one. So off-season stuff, you know, as far as who's going where, it's pretty much all confirmed now. There's okay. a couple loose-hanging things. JGR needs to figure out what they'll do with a title sponsor coming in and how many 250 guys they'll have. But for the most part, it seems like almost all the rosters are set for the okay. 250 teams. I heard a rumor about Kentrell and PC, but I don't know if it was true. Yeah, because I don't know if Mitch will go now. Four, like will go more than four because it'll be Smith yeah. confirmed, Hartraft coming in now. Mm-hmm. March Banks comes back for another year, and so does Forkner. Yeah. And Mitch has never really won to extend himself too much yeah. further than that. Uh, I think Geico Honda will be the biggest team. Yeah. You know, uh, surprising. Well, not surprising, but Pierce Brown was expected to make his pro debut. He's not coming up. Didn't come. Uh, still trying to figure out the shoulder injury from okay. prior to Loretta's. I think he heard it at Loretta's again, though. Yeah. Because he did go down. So, so yeah. Uh, Jalik said in an Instagram post, he's like, yeah, you know, I kind of <laughs> got, I haven't gotten beat that bad in a long time. Yeah. Props to him for saying that, though. Yeah, because I think it's <laughs> it's a tough pill for some of these kids to swallow. Like, yeah. When you're the guy for so long, and then you go out there, and, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. it's a, I think it's, it's more riding in a single day than they ever have. Mm-hmm. on a longer track than they ever have, a rougher track than they've ever yeah. ridden. You know, Loretta's is great. I mean, there's a lot of laps on that More track. More guys but than they ever have. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't develop the same way as Unadilla does. Nope. Um, Carson said that he had only really done like one 30-minute moto prior to that. So that's <laughs> a huge transition, too, for a kid. Like, okay, yeah, those five, six-lap sprints that you've done at every Texas race, that's fine. 20-minute motos at Loretta's, that's great, too. Cool, but, but Yeah, you're going to do two practice sessions and figure out this whole track now oh and put in a fast lap time there yeah you have to do and that then too. uh 40 guy gate uh you better send it from the first lap of the first moto and yep. then track's gonna change a shit ton and mm-hmm. then you're gonna have to learn all of that stuff again rest in between those two motos and yep. then come out and do it again the next one yeah i the think that, gonna be even earlier <laughs> yeah those those uh days of a rookie kid coming in and top fiving in their first mm-hmm. ever race those are gone yeah. That's not going to happen yeah. for a long time, if ever again. Yeah, it's um, crazy to think about, too. Man. Speaking of 250 class, how, how did the Fork or the Censorillo Ferranis battle look on TV? It looked pretty good. It was pretty good. good. Those guys were going fast the whole moto, too. Two guys with really different riding styles, too, yep. putting in almost exact same lap times. I heard it was like two, like the 100,000th or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're <laughs> really close. And that. That's the cool thing about it, too. Completely different bikes, completely mm-hmm. different setups, completely different riding styles, line choices, everything. Yeah. And they're that close. Like, that and shows they race each other clean. Yeah. And I asked yeah. both guys about that and how was your weekend because there's a lot on the line here. You know, yeah. Ferrandez could potentially go 1-1 one, one, one titles for the year, yeah. which nobody maybe expected. Uh, Adam could finally complete his 250 career now that, that it's confirmed over after Ironman. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to get this title because otherwise, what's there to show for a 250 career? Yeah. And that's going to be that's going to be on big. his head. Yeah. If it, that doesn't happen. But neither guy wants to, like, put in a wheel to anybody. They yeah. just want to race. And I don't think that they want anything like that of, we bang bars and I sent this guy down and that's how I won X amount of points over mm-hmm. another guy and got this title. I think it'll be clean all the way through Iron Man. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Justin Cooper solid sexton was solid yeah. good to see sexton come back yeah. because it's it seems he's finally got a handle on everything that had happened after florida mm-hmm. and that'll be huge for 2020 because in a lot of ways 
he is the guy. There's a lot yeah. of moving pieces for the entire Honda operation that revolve around him. Yeah, it's for his 20 and beyond. Last year, and it's pretty gnarly to know that it's his last year. I feel like, what year is this for him, pro now? Like really only the second, right? You know, the first year, because broke his femur and had all these injuries, didn't get to do whatever he was expected to do. Yeah, you know, he got hurt before West Coast races, and then went to Atlanta and then crashes in Atlanta in practice and snaps his femur. Yeah. And then comes back for the Nationals and was just kind of there. And then last year was pretty good. And then he's improved and improved and improved. And this mm-hmm. is a huge this is a huge year too, but it's almost like too much too soon. Yeah. Because he should be a title contender next year. Yeah. And he only has one shot at it. Yeah. You know. Uh, to know that there's a uh, spot on the 450 class waiting for you. And, and it's that's... setting the whole tone of who's going where. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot of pressure. <laughs> but it, it doesn't even seem like he's even registered any of that. He's yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just here to do what I got to do, mm-hmm. finish out what I need to finish out this year and do what I have to do next year. But, like, he's guaranteed. Like, he's yeah. pretty much guaranteed a spot as long as nothing bad happens. Yeah, on a really solid team, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, him and Ken, you know, they ride together every week down in Florida. Mm-hmm. You can totally tell that Ken is – Working in the team in angle. Yep. They did a bunch of practice starts together all day on Friday. Even press, yeah, press day. I saw a ton of stuff with them mm-hmm. together again. You know, and watch Shugle, they switch yep. bikes so they can figure <laughs> out what the other one was doing. That's going to be a good lineup. I think a lot of yeah. people expected Adam and Ken to wind up as teammates, but mm-hmm. this could even be better because yeah. those two seem to be a little bit more similar than Adam and Ken are. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. All right, well, hey, let's take a commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the other big news of the weekend, which was Team USA being announced. Hey, everyone. It's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorized dealer to take advantage of limited-time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTN.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Dylan Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike 
trust Inspect Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. All right, so we're back. Uh, Saturday's big news before the gate even dropped, though, was Team USA being confirmed for motocross nations mm-hmm. uh we kind of talked about this a couple times in the last few weeks i wrote a big article about the five guys i expected to be on the team yeah. or that were in the running and then it came down to those last three yep uh so yeah zach osborne justin cooper jason anderson yep really no big surprise i think the preparation they're going to put in though is going to be the big deciding yeah. factor i'm excited are they still doing the going overseas and yeah so a week after last national uh-huh. um everybody's got to hurry to get all of their stuff back to california all the race teams do um build everything up and then ship it to the netherlands um all three guys are going to go spend a considerable amount of time <laughs> i think it's the week after the last national they'll take a quick break and then fly over and then they're going to stay in eindhoven which okay. is in the netherlands it's like an hour away from lommel okay. and they're just going to do the sand track circuit and Dude. just do three weeks of two three weeks of riding over there trying to figure everything out while the GP guys race in Turkey and China and finish out their season. But this That's is, sick. they pretty much have to do this. There's no yeah. way that they can go to donations this year without some sort of sand track, mm-hmm. sand track prep because there's no track in the U S that mimics what they're going to face. No, there. not at all. Yeah. Not even uh, Nuevo. <laughs> no Southwick, like not even yeah. close either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think all three guys are solid picks. There mm-hmm. was the potential that Zach was going to do the two fifty thing. Um, if Cooper Webb would have done it, but now that Cooper said, Hey, I, I kind of can't do this. I have yeah. a stacked lineup in this off season already. And he withdrew from consideration and then now he's hurt. Mm-hmm. So kind of a good thing in that regard, but this is big for Justin Cooper because he needs to go over there. He wants to go and prove himself as, as one of the guys that doesn't get rattled. Yeah. Uh, Jason wants redemption from 2016 and he just uh-huh. wants to race everywhere. Yeah. You know, he has a loaded schedule anyway. As soon as that race winds up, then he's going to go to Australia I would think he's confirmed for a couple other races this yeah. offseason. Um, I mean, he has probably the busiest schedule of anybody does. It's cool to see him want to race so much. Yeah, and that's a complete opposite of what Alden really wants his guys to do. <laughs> yeah. Alden doesn't want guys like, okay, yeah, go do all of this in the offseason. The Australia races and the Europe races, I mean, those are important because they make a lot of money from there. There's yeah. no money to be made from donations, really. Yeah, It's just a lot of extra effort for just honor. Uh-huh. So that'll be big. Um, and then Zach is team captain. Yeah, that was kind of a shock. Is that because his age? I know he joked about it in press conference, but is it his um, age? I think it's just because he's the most well-rounded of the three. Okay. And then the way that they're going to do this is pretty unique, too. Um, typically, team captain is always MXGP guy, so, like, the main guy instead mm-hmm. of being in the open class. But the reason that they did that is uh, – open class guy goes M- moto two moto three back to back where mxgp guy goes moto one moto three ah. so there's a longer break which will give jason more time to rest and kind of prep yeah and then that puts zach where he really likes the go go uh, aspect yeah. of it yeah. he'll be able to go back to back and okay. give it plenty of time smart smart so he's kind of leading the charge there too of where they're going to go uh, Zach and Jason sound like they've put together a pretty good program of what they're going to do over there. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of it will come down to Zach's experience from living in Europe for so long. Hey, we'll ride this track this yeah. day. Sounds like they're going to spend some time with Hurlings, which will be huge. That's sweet, yeah. I mean, if there's one guy to try to learn from, it's the guy that's expected to win mm-hmm. both motos in whatever race he lines up at. And as far as other teams, uh, pretty sure a lot of the top guys are out 
of yeah, like Italy's trying to figure out what they're going to do okay. in place of Caroli. Uh-huh. Um, but that'll be okay because they have a lot of young, good riders coming up. Okay. Swiss team's pretty solid. French team is solid, even with Marvin and Dylan not being on it. I mm-hmm. mean, the three guys that are over there are really well experienced and know what they're doing. Okay. Um, a couple more teams will come out. Uh, Great Britain could be pretty strong. Uh, Dean is not going, it sounds like. No? No, but that's okay. You know, yeah. get, get his shoulder all settled. Yeah. And the other three guys that they'll do have spent plenty of time at Aston. You know, if you're not a sand track guy, this is not one you're just like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'll go do this one for once. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that this could actually be from this time last year when it was announced that Aston was the race, and everybody's like, mm-hmm. they're gonna get the doors blown off. <laughs> With the way the last three months have played out, Hurling's being injured, Kyrilli getting injured, yeah, other guys having issues, and then these three stepping up to the plate. And they could really actually it. win. Yeah, yeah. And I think that could be like the biggest dark horse win in a long time. Yeah, I think obviously we weren't all too surprised about the team, but uh, it seemed like a lot of just the average Joe were pretty surprised about the lineup. I think it's mostly because the Cowie team is yeah. pulled out and it could not yeah. be any more clear as to why they're not doing it. Like <laughs> yeah, Bruce Sternstrom has said, like this race has never been a priority for us. Uh-huh. We've done it when we've needed to do it. We'll do it again in the future, but yeah, our big effort for 2020 is getting Adam accustomed to the bike and getting Eli ready, ready to go, in yeah. every way possible for a Supercross championship. There's no point in them going over there. It's a lot no. of money. And I mean, that's... obviously Tomek, Eli probably wants to because of how he is, but there's no, like there's said, real there's no, no reason. huge benefit, especially yeah. for Husky. You know, being a European-based uh-huh. company, like all of the stuff that they need, like the Ice One team, which yeah. is going to support Zach and Jason, is right there. Yeah. Like they're at Lommel. It's yeah. not like they're going to have. It's like to, they have a whole other, like a whole other division. Whereas yeah. Kawasaki Europe is not going to be so. I would think maybe accommodating. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to do all this stuff for you because there's yeah. no similarity between what the Cowie bike in the U.S. is to the Cowie bike in Europe, yep, whereas yeah. there's a lot of similarity between the Huskies and the KTMs from mm-hmm. here to there, you know, more than maybe people realize. There are things that are different, but, for sure, yeah. but a lot of the infrastructure is the same, and Husky will do whatever they can to make sure that Zach and Jason are accommodated over there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are super pissed about Dude. Cowie not doing this. Yeah, some of the comments... Uh, some of the comments nasty. that like people were saying to the team at the race this weekend seemed a little brutal too really? but i think it's like abundantly clear like both guys said like yeah we'd like to do this but in the big picture it doesn't line up with what the team wants to do yeah i think people will understand that and accept it as time goes on eventually yeah. but probably not you know there's a <laughs> lot of people that are have been close to that team in the past that are super pissed and they're making their their displeasure really well known <laughs> but it's not going to change it Speaking of the angry fans, there were a, there was a lot of fans out there. Like on the broadcast, it was at times really hard to hear. Oh, because of, of because of all the fans. Yeah. Sections. And yeah. I mean, a friend of mine lives like an hour, fifteen minutes south of Unadilla. Uh huh. So he was showing me photos from like the eighties and nineties on Friday night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that race looks like it used to go off, and it's cool <laughs> to see so many people show up because there are some races that have historically been so well supported, mm-hmm. and then as time goes on, they've like dwindled. Yep. The Unadilla fans are into it, you know, yeah. and that's a pretty good one to watch from. Um, if you can get on that one hillside, you can see the whole valley side of the track. So, Sweet. you know, you can see sky shot, you can see where they drop in, you can see a good chunk of it. And then if mm-hmm. you get to the other side, you can see the top part 
I mean, there's really no ideal national track where you can see everything, everything from yeah. every one spot, but that's a good one to go to. Uh, and yeah. The history of that track, too. I think when you drive down Highway 8 and mm-hmm. you start pulling in, I mean, you're driving through some small towns. <laughs> and the houses that are on those roads are like hundreds of years old. Uh-huh. You're driving on this road and you feel like you're in somebody's living room, like yeah. you're that close to the front of their house. And then you just pull up. And then there's this huge bitchin' track, and everybody's into it. You know, <laughs> there's parking lots that are a mile away that are full. Wow. And that's, that's crazy. That's huge because a lot of tracks, you know, especially out west where everybody just wants to be so, I want to park at the front gate. I don't yeah. want to have to go far. Like, the Unadilla people get into it. They'll, they'll hike. They're not afraid to yeah. hike in there. Yeah. And, I mean, you and I know when we go to a national and you're walking like 8, 10 miles Ooh, a day. Yeah. So, you know, those fans are doing that, too, to go see stuff from different spots. Like, you're not going to go to Unadilla and not go stand by the sky <laughs> shot. Yeah. Yeah, how are your legs after the larger facility to walk around? Smoked. Yeah. Like, smoked. Because <laughs> it comes out to, like, with an Apple Watch, it was, like, 30 flights of stairs climbed <laughs> or something. And so you just have to keep going up and down and up and down. But sure. it's not bad because I want to see everything. I want to yeah. go to the furthest, like, I like going to those out there spots where nobody else shoots from. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you might bust your ass walking over there. So I always have to, like, watch where my feet are. <laughs> but for the most part, like, that's a pretty good one to go watch from. Like, okay. Dominic went with me in 2014, and he okay. had never been to that race, and I had been once or twice before. And when you see it for the first time as a fan, you're just blown away because really? it is exactly as it's always been made out to be in photos. I mean, okay. the big white barn is there. The grass is perfectly cut. Mm-hmm. The dirt is tilled up. There's huge rocks in it. Like, anybody that gets pounded by that roost, like, (laughs) dude, respect, because I got hit by it a little bit. Yeah. Like, right in the cheek and then in the leg a couple times, just standing next to the track. And, I mean, I thought I was going to throw up a couple times (laughs) because of how bad it hurt. And so to just sit behind a 450 and just get pelted for 30 minutes is just brutal. And keep on the throttle. like. Yeah, never never let off, never anything. Like That shows how barely that race is. And you noticed a lot of guys wearing chest protectors that never wear them usually. <laughs> yeah. I saw some bur- bulkier jerseys this weekend yeah. for sure. Like Dean came to the line and the Alpine Stars guy was like dialing in a chest protector because <laughs> Dean never rides with one. And his is his whole stomach is exposed. And then yeah. Jason's like two gates down. And Jason's like, what, what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I, I lowered mine all the way so I could protect my stomach. And Dean's is like his whole stomach is hanging out. So <laughs> you can tell guys that don't typically use them are like, oh, okay, uh, I don't I set do this, this up now yeah. without it being too intrusive. And then Benny Bloss has this big one on that he writes <laughs> with every week. So, uh, yeah, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, you guys, you have a big week. You and Don are leaving to go to Canada yeah. in the morning. Going to Whistler. I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. That'll be cool. Mountain bike action. Yeah. Um, I'll be on a plane to Bud's. Uh, I have a Honda intro later this yep. week, but yeah, I think it's, be it'll be a steady week. Um, cool to see how these last few races go, mm-hmm. but yeah, just kind of get back to the grind. Today's mm-hmm. a busy day. Yep. Well, I right. think we're good on a podcast for today. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Keep hitting the site. We have new stuff coming up like every hour right yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah. See you guys later.